You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a match preview for Villa's trip to Fulham in association with Betmate. We'll come on to them a little bit later. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, joined by my good friend, Ty Bracey, to discuss Villa's game against Fulham. And I'm not even sure if anyone wants Aston Villa content at the moment, Ty, but we're here doing it. Three points, I imagine. You'd like to think so. I mean, something's got to change, Daniel. Something's got to change. When, when I say three points, I meant two full of yeah, Look, I don't want to hear any of this slander, OK? I know things aren't going great at the moment, Dan. But regardless of circumstance, we're always looking for a Villa win. So t- tomorrow, we, we, we've got to play. We've got to create chances like we did against Chelsea. Or we're in serious trouble, man. We always do well against the... I, I hate to call them the big six, but the, you know, the, the, the Champions League clubs upon the Premier League. We always play better. So, you know, if, if we go back to how we play against Forest, mate, it's going to be a snooze fest. Well, if that's the problem now Villa have got, if you're a, a Fulham, for example, who have had a, a good start to the Premier League, actually, I actually like them as a team. I think, I think they've signed some good players. I think they look really well coached, Fulham, and a lot what they're doing so far this season. But if you just say to your, your team, sit, sit back in a low block and Villa won't be able to break you down, I imagine that's what most teams of this ilk are going to do now because... If they open up, Villa showed the other day that they can can create chances, albeit they still didn't get a result or put the ball in the back of the net, which are two massive things in football. But if you are one of the one of the teams that isn't going to win every week, you you, you would just sit back against Villa because you know you can invite them onto you, and they're going to struggle to make things happen. The Chelsea game and the City game suited Villa because they could play on the break and be a little bit more direct, but that ain't going to work against Fulham, is it, Tom? No, and it will just be our luck for us to go 1-0 down within the first 10 minutes and then have the bus parked against us. We've just got to go out guns blazing. We've got to look dangerous. We we, we need Ollie needs to find his shooting boots. And, you know, that Danny Ings looked very hungry to score against Chelsea. So I'd uh, 
I'll be pleased to see both from on the on the score sheet, mate. But we've got to cut out the errors, and we've got to be we've got to be bold and and confident in front of goal. It's it's really important that we get three points from this, you know. And uh, Brentford on the weekend as well. It's just two two must win games. Yeah, regardless of Steven Gerrard and a large proportion of the fan base at this point wants Steven Gerrard to leave Aston Villa Football Club, but. Villa need wins from, from somewhere because the games keep coming, but they keep kind of passing us by, don't they? And we're not picking up results and two wins from 10. I think Villa have got the worst home record in 2022 of current Premier League teams as as well. I think only Watford and Norwich had, had lost more home games than, than Villa and they're not in the league anymore. So that tells you that there's problems <clears> absolutely <throat> everywhere. But even the away form, you know, we don't really go to, go to away games and, and look like we're, we're going to win. We've not picked up really anything away from home this season other than the two points that we picked up recently against Leeds and Forest. And, you know, they were poor games to watch. This is, this is the problem. You know, we're not good at home. We're not good away. And we were decent going forward against Chelsea for, for an hour. But as I've said, that tactics those tactics won't work against Fulham. And, you know, probably because of the way we played, we'll probably line up with the same front three. But that was set up for a direct a, a direct game against Chelsea. Again, I, I don't really envisage that front three working against Fulham. I still have nightmares of Tim Ream, of, the, of that playoff final, of the, of the fans shouting Ream every time he intercepted the ball or, or did a piece of defending. I don't want to be I don't want to be stood there tomorrow, tomorrow night having the exact same thing happen at Craven Cottage. He, he can't Dan, and it started it started at the start of the season, didn't it? You know those games where. We do want to push up the top half of the table into the top ten. That, that those games, like we said at the start of the season against Bournemouth, those games that we that we 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 have to we we really need to be getting at least something from. You know, you only have to look at the likes of Bournemouth. You know, Scott Glide. Parker wrote them off. That I think they're the only team since they got beat nine 0 Was it nine 0 Yeah, they're, they're the only the, team. They've got the best record, haven't they? They're the only team unbeaten. Yeah since they got battered 9-0 and that's how you come back from those type of things isn't it it's all about the you know the the energy and the mood in the in the dressing room and you know, we can say what we want and see what we want on social media but the, the the performances aren't consistent and that's been a huge problem for us the last few seasons is every season has been a you know well oh, we can write this one off because we we just come up and we needed a new squad oh we can write this one off because players needed time to gel oh we can write this one off because Grealish went at what point do we we turn that corner and say, okay, it's time to start moving forward? That yeah, I mean, it is feeling like at the moment it's going to be another wasted season unless the, unless the club act and do do something soon. It feels like we're just waiting for Steven Gerrard to leave at the moment. It's I've been on loads of things this week and I've said it's a matter of of when at the moment, not if Steven Gerrard goes. And one of Villa's biggest problems has been putting the ball in the back of the net. Fulham have got the kind of striker that I would imagine typically would cause Villa Villa problems, and they have got that striker in Mitrovic that will put the ball in the back of the net. He's had he's had a great record so far in the Premier League this season, Tom. Yeah, and we, there's no room for error. There's just not happened to us on Sunday. Silly mistake early on. You get penalised at Mason Mount Berries. It's at this level of football, you just can't afford to have those mistakes. So we've got to learn from them and move forward. Then, so as you said, players like Mitrovic just uh, just don't miss chances like that. So. We, we've got to be solid across the field, not just in defence. You know, I, 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 I hate nothing more than to go into a Thursday evening and watch Villa via nil-nil Snorfest. I, I really, I really want to see us go and grab this and, and bounce back from a game where we should have got something on the weekend. So now's perfect chance for that, mate. Where oh, this is a killer question. I don't think I don't even Stephen Gerrard's got the answer for this one at the moment. Where can Villa win this game? What what can they do? 
to, to win this game. Most things we've tried to do to win games this season hasn't worked. What can what can we do to win this game, Tom? Well, the thing is, I don't think that Villa have much answer. I don't think Villa have really have an answer for that either because we're not seeing any consistency in the eleven either. You know, everything seems like a change of shape, a change of front three, a change of front two, a change of lone striker and, you know, different wingers. It's There's been no consistency. So I, when you're hearing in the media, oh, we were unlucky, etc., you know, stuff like that, it's... But if we were just unlucky, why aren't we sticking with the same eleven again? But how we lined up against Chelsea, we haven't lined up against it this season so far. Well, I can't, we have a different I can't front three every game. We haven't had the yeah. same front three in any game so far this exactly. season. And you, you see Nolly Watkins out wide. It just seems like a, a a matter of desperation of us trying to find something from somewhere and just hoping that it sticks. But at, at what point and how many games in do you say enough's enough? I, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, that's the thing I've said about Fulham being, being well-coached. They look like a well-coached side in, in, in Marco Silva. I can see what they set out to do. If you watched Fulham in the first game of the season against Liverpool, they're absolutely brilliant in the, in the way that they pressed and the way they all moved as one. Villa just look like a collection of players that are thrown together every week, don't they? That's, that's another issue that the fans have. Yeah, and the, the, the problem is, is on paper, we look absolutely great. When you, when you look at the squad, been unlucky with a few injuries. But again, I don't think those injuries are... Uh, enough to excuse the way we've been playing or do you know what I mean it, it's it's just not enough it's not so if if we were at short where two injuries could cause our season to go into colossal then it's been a bad transfer window hasn't it going into the season so either way there's somebody to blame for it but something something's got to change it really has mate you know Stephen Gerrard can look at the Diego Carlos injury and say that, that's a problem to us, but then actually defensively hasn't massively been a, been a problem in the last in the last month or so. They've tightened up defensively. Concerts to give him credit, come, come back into form. Mings has been very good up until he made his mistake yeah. on Sunday. Mistakes happen, you know. I don't think it'll be his, his last mistake, but generally he's been pretty consistent through the season. But even not talking about Kamara, who was I think the the fan signing that they were really really pleased with. We thought yeah. he'd make a huge difference to this team. He's going to go on and be a sensational footballer, Kamara. But we weren't playing brilliant with him there, so I can't. It doesn't feel like a valid excuse to me, Todd. No, it's not, Dan. And you know, stopping goals going in is only one part of the equation. The other part of the equation is how we're looking in front of goal. Are we consistently looking good in front of goal? No, we're not. We we were very unlucky. To, but there was chances that we sh- we scored, uh, should have scored on the weekend, but but we didn't. But we don't look like that every game, and that's a problem. If we were going into games and we lose games, but we gave everything then I don't feel too disheartened by it. But the thing is, there's no consistency. It's not every game we look good going forward. It's not every game we have those, you know, hands-on-head stopping moments of, oh, when you nearly score a goal. We haven't had that. You only have to look at how we played against Forest and then how we played against Chelsea. It, it didn't look like the same. You, you wouldn't think that it's the same manager and the same players, you know, regardless of a few changes. It's not the same system in, in any game. So, it's just frustrating because every every time there's a game coming up, Dan, you don't know what Villa are coming out. You, you really no. don't know what 45 minutes of football you're going to see. And I have to break it down per half because it's never the same. We don't go into each half with the same 45 minutes. We, we just don't. There's never the same Villa that come out each half. And that's equally as frustrating. Yeah, sometimes we're not even a one-half too. People say we usually have a good half and a bad half. Sometimes we just have two bad halves. We can't even do that right at times. And that's something that, get, that, get, that gets labelled at us quite a lot. I watched Fulham against Bournemouth on Saturday and I sat there thinking, both these are, are better than us. And I, I just don't feel I should be sat there saying that about two two new, newly promoted teams you know, who've 
typically not done great in the Premier League, but I keep coming back to the well-coached thing. Both those teams look well-coached. And what, what impressed me about Fulham on Saturday against Bournemouth was they were losing 2-1. Marco Silva, sub, it subs changed the game and swung the momentum and swung swung the pendulum back in, in Fulham's favour. We made changes on, on Sunday against Chelsea. It made us worse. And like, they're we, just we, too we, late, like, Dan. We, when do we make a sub that actually impacts the game? I can't, we don't. I, generally, I can't think of one. We don't. And you can see that that's the difference with Graham Potter. Kukurea was getting, you know, Murdered, he was in Leon yeah. Bailey's pocket. So we took him off. Koulibaly come on. It changed how the, the entire back line. It's the exact same thing. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's one of those things where it's, that's the difference between a manager who sees a problem on the pitch and a manager who doesn't, you know, if we're, but was there any reason to change anybody in the first half against Chelsea? No, probably not. But the same the same eleven didn't come out the second half that went into the first half. So again, that's where you've got to make a change and some something's got to stick. Yeah, people keep I've said people say and I've said it myself to be fair, we we played well against Chelsea, but the facts are we didn't play well in the second half because as soon as we no, went we two nil two nil down you know the game's over. If Villa, I mean, I can't remember the last time this happened. If Villa are tuning up in a game, I sit there thinking, Ooh, we're not safe here. We need to score another 10 to be safe here. If a team's 2 nil up against us, or even 1 nil up against us at times, I sit there and think, hmm, we ain't going to score. We're not We're not going to get back into this. I know the Forest game, we went 1 nil down and we got a really quick reply from an Ashley Young worldie. But all these things we're talking about, there's just so much wrong at the moment. And me and you are relatively positive. I mean, you're a very positive Villa fan, I'd say I'm relatively positive as well. But we're struggling to come up with positives or come up for reasons why we think Villa might win a football match. And after a year of Gerrard, I don't think that's where we should be. It's not at all, and there's no excuse for it. As you go back to the Forest game, Dan, I mean, I mean, I don't, no disrespect to Ashley Young, but Ashley Young, realistically, isn't one of our starting 11. You know, long-term, in a fully-fit squad, he doesn't get into that eleven since he came on as a sub against Man City. He's been our standout performer. We had to rely quite a distance on a, as well. Quite a distance. We had to rely on a thirty-seven-year-old Ashley Young, and I'm not saying that his age is anything to do with it. But we we have to rely on a seasoned veteran to get us out of the mud and to to score an absolute rocket to to, to get us out of the mud. And we shouldn't be in that situation. If we are in that situation. Why aren't the players using that energy and seeing the work rate and the performance he puts in? And putting that into their game as well, that's what I've got a problem with, Dan. And as you said, mate, we're, we're both fairly positive people when it comes to, you know, trying to find a positive and every negative. But I'm uh, I'm out of options, Dan, I'll be honest. Yeah, the, I mean, the manager and the players obviously do the post-matches and the pre-matches and all that. I think, you know, it's not, it's not just Gerard. At the moment, yeah, the players are the ones on the pitch. It wasn't Gerard that was missing the chances on Sunday, for example. But at the moment, they've got to back up what they're saying. You've got to see, you've got to see some form of change. You know, we we had the Man City game. You know that that was evident change in the Man City game from from the game before. We need that. We need that again now. We need to see a Villa front foot performance, scoring scoring goal, put the ball in the back of the net, and trying trying to win the game and play play some semblance of attractive football and look like they've been coached and they've been together in the week. You know, got it's only so much talking now you can do. Gerard can talk about shielding the players and take. He'll shoulder all the responsibility and and things like that. But fundamentally, nothing is changing. And whatever you think of Stephen Gerrard, Villa needs to pick at least, and I'm being kind, uh, four points from these next two games. Anything less than that, we're going to be in huge trouble. I mean, we've got the the poll running. Will Villa get three points tomorrow against Fulham? And comfortably, from what I can see here, 
the fact that Villa are going to lose seems to be what the what the fans are voting for. So Villa fans are, are miserable. Villa fans are unhappy at the right, moment. It's, and yeah, you can't blame like you can't blame anyone. You know, I'd love to come on here and be positive, but if I was coming on here and being positive, people would just lose any faith in anything I ever say and anything I go on. And it's the same for you. Like there's just there's nothing we can say. They'd they'd lose respect for us. You can't you can't be positive about Aston Villa at the moment. It just feels we're. I said before it feels like we're waiting for something, but I don't, but I don't know what that is. I, at the moment, I feel like I do know what what we're waiting for. It's just a case of when when's it going to happen. And I don't like saying that. I don't like people losing the jobs and thing and things like that. But at the moment, Villa are trending in one direction. To I couldn't agree more with you, mate. But there's there's a fine line between you know being optimistic and being a realist at the same time. You know, we always do try and find those positives, Dan, but. You know, regardless of us sticking a camera in our face and talking about football, we are just Villa fans at the end of the day, just two normal blokes who support Villa. So we feel exactly the same things as everybody else feels, even if we do try and find a positive in in those negative situations. But it's very easy for us to say, oh, you know, let's let's get rid of Gerard and let's get, you know, Pochettino in, which seems to be the general consensus around Twitter of that's what we should do. But then what if he if he doesn't want to come if he if he doesn't believe in the project and and, and then then what who who where does it go from there it's you know it's it's the unknown isn't it I, I mean we've we've been through a lot as football fans I mean granted you know we didn't go through administration we were very lucky we got two owners who saved us from that but there, there comes a point where I just want us to enjoy the football that we're watching prices of things are going up times are hard for people. The least we should be able to do is just go to the football and enjoy it and just see our club perform how we know they can perform. I don't want those moments of magic, just some consistent magic, just a consistent season where we push for Europe. We've got our 11 that we choose week in, week out. We're not changing shape. We're not changing system. We're not changing tactics. We know in fairness, we, we, don't, we don't change shape too often. At times, at seventy-five minutes, we do we do like to change a shape. Oh, yeah, we'll throw them all you, on the seventy-five. Yeah, you, you get where where I'm coming yeah. from with it, though, Dan. What what I'm trying to say is there's just no consistency. And if I said to you, Dan, name the eleven that's coming out tomorrow, you, you wouldn't be able to. And you know, there was a period of time where we was we would be able to get close. You know, nine, ten out of eleven. Um, but I don't feel like you can do that at the minute. I really don't. So something just needs to change, mate. For for all of us, you know. Twitter isn't a great place for any of us to be at the minute, you know. Do you know what, though? I actually think Twitter's all right. Ugh. But you know why? I think everyone's uh, on the same page. I, I think everyone's on the same page. Muted? <laughs> yeah, everyone is on the same page. It feels like usually there'd be, there'd be more people sticking up for the manager and stuff like that, but it doesn't feel like that. It feels like everyone's united in, in what they what they think is going to happen. And what no, they I don't mean there's people arguing. I don't mean that. I'm not saying that people are arguing or what. There is a the same feel around Twitter, but it's a negative feel, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't horrible. like... You know, it, it's not good for anybody to want to post those things on Twitter of those feelings of feeling down and negative and just not looking forward to watching Villa. You know, I love on match day to wake up and the first thing I do is write good morning villains. It's match day. It's something I've religiously done for years. And I don't even feel like I want to do that at the minute. Well, you've got to, Tor. You can't, you, can't, you can't not do I will. that. I'll still you've do it, to. but then I won't look on Twitter to see what people have replied. You've got to do it. And one thing I had to do was pick my betmate team for the Villa and Fulham game. So what we did is we linked up with the Fulhamish podcast and we went through how we think Fulham and the Fulham and Villa game will go player-wise and we picked our betmate team. So here's the video. Our betmate team. So because you're at home, I'm going to let you go first. Who are you going to plump for in goal? 
Okay, I'm going to be loyal and I'm going to go with uh, Burnt Leno in goals. Fantastic already this season. And uh, I'm back in to maybe get a clean sheet tomorrow. Yeah, Villa are quite porous at the moment in front of goal. So I'm going to do exactly the same thing. I'm going to put Leno in goal as well. Good signing for Fulham. Was a little bit unfortunate to be phased out at Arsenal, but he's been great for Fulham so far this season. And that was a real astute signing. What about your first pick in defence? I'm going to go with a Villa player in Esri Konza. Been really impressed with Konza since he's joined Aston Villa. I think he's a really good centre back. And um, when he was, I think he was at Brentford before, when he was linked away, we really wanted to sign him, but we didn't. He went to Villa and he's been fantastic. And I'm looking forward to watching him tomorrow. Yeah, he's picked up his form recently. Did go through a little bit of a sticky patch, but he's been back on form over the last three or four weeks. And Villa have kept a couple of clean shirts as well. And he's been a big part of that. I'm going to. I'm going to give a Fulham defender a chance. I still have nightmares about the Fulham fans shouting Ream all the way through the playoff final that you beat us in. I'm going to, I'm going to put Tim Ream in as, as my first centre-back. He didn't get much of a chance in the Premier League last time, if I remember correctly, but this time round, he seems to be the number one pick and he, he's had a good start to the season. Who are you going for next? I'm going to go with the goal scorer from Saturday, Issa Diop. Um, great partnership with Tim Ream and I expect him to play a part tomorrow so... I'd like to have him at the back because he was very solid for us on Saturday against Bournemouth. Okay. I am finally going to pick an Aston Villa player, probably Villa's best player over the last month or so. Scored against Forrest the other week as well. Ashley Young had a bit of a renaissance in, in recent weeks. Really good professional Villa hero as well from what he did 10 or so years ago. So, yeah, as I say, he's been Villa's best player in recent weeks. So I'm going to put him in. Central midfield for you, Jack. Uh, I'm going to go with the manager signing a new contract at Aston Villa. That is Douglas Louise. Great player. Obviously, really pleased on behalf of Villa fans that he signed a contract and didn't uh, go to Arsenal on deadline day. He is a wonderful midfielder and someone who I think is going to be a danger for uh, for us tomorrow to look out for. Yeah, pretty much one of the only chances Villa have got from scoring is Douglas Louise, direct from a corner at the moment as well. That seems to be one of the few avenues that Villa go down to score a goal at the moment. Saying that, I'm going to pick Jacob Ramsey just because he is Villa's biggest goal threat from central midfield. Scored six goals, I think, last season. He's one of Villa's danger men, so I'm going to go for Jacob Ramsey. Off chance he might play further forward, but I imagine he'll be in the number eight position. Next one for you, Jack. Uh, I can't ignore this. Jal Polinia, um, my vice captain for tomorrow. Absolutely brilliant midfielder. Best sign we've made in a while. Best One of the best Fulham players I've seen at Fulham for years. And uh, he is, I can't not have him in my team. He's unbelievable. But I might get a yellow card though, Martin. He, he likes a yellow card so far this season, Paulinho. But I'm going for him as well. He scored that wonderful goal from Ryan. I can't remember who he was against, but I remember him scoring a, a goal from Ryan. And I've got to be honest, I think he's one of the, the best players in the Premier League so far this season and one of the best summer signings any team's made. So I'm going to go for Paulinho in midfield myself. Your striker, I can imagine who that's going to be with the captain. Yeah, next obviously, to Alexander Mitrovic goes in there. Um, how many goals now? Six or seven goals already this season. Um, defying all the odds from the, the wider media. We knew of his talents and, he, and he's proving it in the Premier League. Thank God. Yeah, I'm going for him as well. Absolutely no chance. I'm leaving Mitrovic out my side. And then just to mix it up, I'm going to throw in my striker next. I'm going to have to put Ollie Watkins in. Overdue a goal, only scored one goal this season. I say that as if that's, I mean, Villa's seven top goal scorers have all got one goal at the moment. So that tells you some of the problems we've had at Villa Park. But I'm going to go to Watkins because he's going to have to score at some point for us. You? Yep, had the exact same. Ollie Watkins, uh, really good striker, of course, played against us in the playoff final 
against Brentford. Didn't quite get the goal that he would have wanted, obviously, and Brentford would have wanted. Uh, but we, he had his chances, to be fair, and Rodak made a couple of saves from him. Uh, but for Aston Villa, he's a really good striker, Premier League quality. And uh, yeah, he'll, he'll be a danger tomorrow, definitely. Yeah, we'll do our subs offline because the subs aren't massively important. But Jack, quick score prediction before you go. I'm going to go with a two-all draw. We drew two at the weekend. I can see it happening again. Uh, I thought Villa were really unlucky the other day against Chelsea. Kepa made some outstanding saves. And, you know, a lot of uh, Villa fans have said that they want to lose this game for Gerrard to be sacked. I don't think that's the mentality to have. No, I, I completely Gerard. agree with you. Exactly. I, and I think Gerald obviously want to keep his job and, and, and come to the cottage and upset us. But I, I could see it being a draw. It's going to be a good game. Yeah, I'm going to go for... I can't see Villa winning. I want Villa to win, but I can't see Villa winning, to, to be perfectly honest. I'm going to go for Fulham 1, Aston Villa nil, Mitrovic to score off a set piece. Take it. Right, I didn't want to stop because I didn't know what pitch you were recording. But... We're back. Will audio work? The pitch is working, which is always a good start. Tom, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Jack. Score prediction for tomorrow's game. <laughs> I'm going to go 2-1 Villa. Oh, here he is. You're not playing FIFA, mate. This is, this is a football match. Then it'd be 7 1 Villa if it was FIFA. You know how the, uh, the smoke supplied on FIFA. Down. <laughs> I'm going to go 2 1 Villa. 2 1 to Villa. I mean, I said about looking for positives earlier. There's, there's no chance Villa win tomorrow because, as I've said previously, Dolan and myself have been to about 15 away games together, and the best result we've ever seen was Reading nil, Aston Villa nil, and we're going together tomorrow. So basically, if things weren't messed up anyway, that's just that's just completely finalised it. That's where my 1 0 Fulham prediction has come from. Ty, thanks ever so much for joining me. Always a pleasure to see you. You've kept yourself busy recently, so I've not seen much of you, but we will not go into that. Thank you very much for joining me today. For those of you that are going to Craven Cottage tomorrow, hopefully I will see some of you there and have a chat. Thanks for supporting the channel. Thanks to Adam for getting half of the show to work. And as ever, up the villa. Up the villa. Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.